There we go. I'm Matt Hudgens. He's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Matt, I am doing good. How are you? And I got all kinds of new digs here. Check it out. So I've got, uh, I'm in a new place in my uh, office. I've got some new lighting so you can see my face. I got a new headset so you can hear me better. And actually, I got a new uh, stand-up desk. So I've got all kinds of new stuff going on over here. The stand-up desk, is that the, uh, that's the new uh, thing for like burning calories, right? Uh, I was thinking more for my bad back. Oh, well, it's good for your back too, man. Yeah, and so uh, you can stand up and then you got a little button over here you press and then it'll go down to a sit-down height. I've got a little you know, chair behind me that I... Okay. You broke up for a moment there? Oh, how about that? My back? Yeah. All right. The, um, all right, so this is interesting, and it's funny because I read your blog this morning on davidmulvaney.com, and it actually coincides exactly with the conversation that I had with uh, uh, an acquaintance, an old acquaintance that we kind of got, we ran into each other yesterday, we had lunch today. Um, and it was talking about, you know, we talked about the five ways to grow your business. We've got to have more leads, so we get more at-bats. We've got to have more conversions, so we can convert those people into clients. More transactions. Um, number four is uh, higher pricing or bundling of prices. And number five is higher profits. Um, we were talking about with him, he's a financial advisor. He's a good financial, does a great job. What do you think he needs? He needs more sales. He needs more leads, more conversions, which I think is exactly what your blog was about this morning. Yeah. You know, I talk a lot about leads because a lot of my customers aren't, I say, I, not just my customers, man. A lot of people, that's their biggest area where they're lacking. Like you and I, it's like, okay, how can I get more conversions out of the ones that I already got? How can I use upsells? How can I use, I mean, all the different things. How can I get more out of the well that I'm already getting water? Um, but when a lot of people come to us fresh, it's all about how do I get more leads and the reality is, I don't care if you're buying them, I don't care if you're, I don't care what it is, but if you're not positioning yourself as an expert, you, you're never going to have leads come to you. I mean, that's, that's the key to, I, I mean, that's, that's what separates the, um, the people who sell at the lowest price and those that just end up in this endless supply of pick and choose which customer you want to serve. Right, right. It's funny you say that. So, so I would say we talked about this kind of a, uh, there's the, the before unit, which I now call attract. How do we attract the clients? There's the delivery of the service. And most of our people are really good at doing what they do. They're really good electrician. They're really good advisor. They're really good contractor. And then the third would be kind of the follow-up, which, which most people are terrible at follow-up. And most people are terrible at the attract part, right? And so it's funny you say that because most of them are really good um, technical, really good at doing what they do, the delivery of the service. Where they lack is building their authority. And so we had a conversation that talked about oh, three ways to build your authority is what better service to your existing clients, um, better communication with what I call centers of influence. Those are people that can send you clients. And then we talked about building a, a marketing funnel, a, a lead funnel that can be from people that were, whether introduced to you from your past clients or from the center of influence or people you have just attracted because what you called the building of the authority, right? Yes. 
Well, ultimately, um, the when it comes to what I call expert status, you know, when you achieve expert status in the eyes of your prospect, um, they they don't you don't have to be the only expert in the industry, but if you're the only one they know about, they don't have any other place to turn. If they, if, if you, if you water their lawn, and I don't know what, you know, what it just is an analogy. If whatever it is you do, if you're the only expert they know about in that sector of the marketplace, where are they going to turn when they need someone in that sector of the marketplace? Whether that's, um, you know, I, I'll give you an example. So, I'll buy a car and then I keep it for typically seven to 10 years. I'm not one to, but I buy nice cars. So like for the first, um, my last three cars, not trucks, but my last three cars were um, Lexus. And so um, I buy a new Lexus, I drive it, I take it to the dealer. Now then after the warranty's out, I take it to the same mechanic, not at the dealer. I go to a different mechanic now. Right, and, right. But I never ask him price. I never, he's my guy. He's your guy. That's right. That's the point is, you know, you get somebody you trust. Um, sure, you buy a new car. You're naturally going to go to the dealer because, you know, the warranty uh, type things. But once it went out of warranty, I'm, I always go back to my guy. Every, you know, as soon as my, I have a GMC truck. As soon as that went out of warranty, boom, he was doing all the oil changes, all the tire rotations, everything. And so, does it cost more? No, I really don't think it does because I trust him. I never have to go. And, and, and you know, he's like, do I need to call you with a quote? I'm like, no, I don't need a quote. Just fix it. My air <laughs> just fix the car. Good. That's right. Fix it. Um, Cause you just, you, you, you get to where you trust somebody. And that's the point is that when you don't just want customers, you want customers that, that fit, um, your profile of the idea, ideal customer and that profile, I believe has to be, maybe not for everyone, but for me, I don't want a guy who wants to badger me on price. I just had a conversation with one of my distributors in Atlanta right? and he was calling asking for some pricing on, uh, in my LED business. Right. And, uh, in our LED company and, um, and I told him, I said, and I quoted him the price. I said, that's the price. And um, if you call me again to to even discuss lowering that price, call somebody else. I don't care. And he told <laughs> it because this is now the second time he's called me for price. I'm like, we have published pricing. I just quoted you the published pricing. Right. And that's going to be the price. And if you don't want, you probably need to move on. Only because under that price, it affects my ability to be able to properly serve my customers. Same for your, and I think so many business owners miss that. They want the business today so bad that they forget their business is going to be around for a long time. No, and that's a great point. I think that's one of the advantages of having your own business and especially a thriving business. You get, you get what I call uh, one of the, the four freedoms. We used to talk about freedom of time, money, relationship, and purpose. So relationship is I don't have to deal with any clients I don't have to deal with. I don't have to deal with any clients, any customers, any employees that I don't want to deal with, right? That if you have a thriving business that, that you've got your ideal client, you've got your stuff figured out. So you're bringing in new clients. Uh, you've got your leads coming in conversions. You've got your delivery of the service and you got your follow-up all figured out. 
then you get to be pick and choose. That's exactly right. You get to yeah. pick and choose who you want to do business with. And that's the ability of having your own business because there's no buddy. There's no big brother to tell you who you have to service the pain in the, the pain in the butt people. You don't have to do that anymore. And it is one of the things I talked about on the blog when, um, when I, I talked about an ebook that I, that I wrote and I it was getting downloaded on average about 400 times a, a, a month in my target market. And that went on for about six years. And that was now our average distributor at that time would, would do well between a hundred and two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year of business with us. And so um, with some doing into the millions. Well, the, the, the problem is I could only service so many customers and it would, it was really easy to start being choosy. And I talked about how I had to get choosy. I had to literally put barriers in place and call them barriers. Um, what, before you could ever like talk to me, cause I, I, we had a questionnaire and you had to fill out this questionnaire. It was about a four page questionnaire. Then once you filled that out, then you had to fill out another questionnaire that told us your financial wherewithal before you could even become a distributor to resell our products at that time. You had to jump through all these hoops. Why? Because by the time they were done filling all that out, they were ready to they buy. They were ready. They're you self through hoops. And, yeah. So, um, but that was a good thing because a lot of people go away that wouldn't have been good customers anyway. And that's what you, you know, you, you want to do with your, or anybody wants to do with their clients. So. Right. Let's go back. I was going to circle back to one of the things you mentioned about, you know, building the authority. Let's talk about three ways that somebody could build authority. Tell, tell, tell us three ways somebody could build authority. Well, what actually builds authority is, um, the, the biggest way to build authority or to, to position yourself as the expert is number one, you have to explain from their standpoint how your product or service will solve their problem or make their life better. And typically that's done in such a way that you are just first describing their problem that they're having and then you, um, and then you move into um, a story about how you ended up with the solution to that problem. And then, um, and then you typically bring in some testimony, if you will. Sometimes that's referrals or what have you, but uh, testimonials, um, other proof that says, hey, other people have done this, um, and, you know, using this method. Um, and when you've, when you've done that correctly, and then you, you show them the transformation that they can have, now they've moved through really a process that now mentally they're saying, this person is actually speaking exactly to me. So they must be an expert because they've gone through this very same thing. So that's done in, in, in really good copywriting. I don't think there's enough. Um, well, it, let's put it this way. Really good copywriting sells everything. Right. I right. mean, Apple is not the company they are today by being okay copywriters. They hire some of the best copywriters, copywriters with a W, um, in the business. They write, uh, what copywriting is, is selling in print. And uh, the amount of money that people pay to hire a good copywriter, I mean, I've heard it said that, um, you know, Tony Robbins pays 
into the millions of dollars a year for his copywriter. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. There you go right there. Somebody is that successful still paying a bunch of money for good copywriters. Well, why should Tony write? Now, Tony writes a lot of his own stuff. Um, and so in order to be, this is what's really important about copywriting, especially if you want to outsource it, you want, you need to have a copywriter that's good enough at copywriting in your, uh, in like in your profile. That's got to be really hard, Matt. You know, imagine somebody taking Matt Hutchins, they know you well enough that when they write and you read it, you're like, it's as if you wrote it. Right, right. I would like, I'll back up because I, I love what you're saying about copywriting. And I'll say that's kind of identifying your target market and knowing and understand your target market. And when you know and understand them, you'll know and understand their key problems and you'll be able to speak their language, which leads right into the copywriting, right? But I can even say we start by finding out what your target market is and who those ideal customers are and what their actual problems are. So then you can speak to their language when you write your copywriting. Perfectly so said. And, and in every single course, and I teach multiple courses, whether I'm teaching it live or I have an online course, every single course, I have an entire module on target market. Because if you don't know who your target market is, there's a really good chance that you won't hit any of them. I mean, it, <laughs> That's the right. approach does not work, not in business. Um, it's been said the riches is in the niches. Um, if that's how you pronounce niche, some people call it niche, but then the, the, the phrase doesn't sound as good because it doesn't rhyme, but it's the truth. Now, um, a niche can still be a broad category, but when you know you're right, when you know your customer and you're writing to them in, in the first person, I, you, um, right. Right. And, they, and they read it, yes, that, that probably is one of the uh, biggest ways to build rapport. And it's also the, a big uh, weeding, you know, a, a, a sifter, if you will, because if they're not right, they're going to go, this guy's a jerk. And a lot of people, I'm sure, say, this guy's a jerk when they read what I write. And that's okay because then they go away. That's totally okay. That's right. You that's don't have okay. to have everybody. Yeah. So exactly that's right. part of what your, your mar good marketing is supposed to repel the people that you would not want to do business with anyway. It's a good filter. So, so here's, I was thinking about that as you're talking, talking about, uh, okay, three ways to build authority. Here's ways that people don't think of very often. And it's literally, and you think about it, it, it works in the sense of um, interesting articles. You didn't write the article or the content, but you, bring it up to somebody, right? So um, you could talk about, uh, um, I'm trying to think of an example. You don't have to actually write the article, but you could be the one that says, hey, I read this article, reminded me of you, boom, right? So you don't have to write the article. You can provide checklists, right? So a checklist could be a checklist you made or a checklist you made based on somebody else's article. But then it's just like being the moderator. You know, when you go to like those, uh, go to a convention, right? The moderator has as much authority as the guest speakers, right? So you being the host or uh, aggregating the information, whether it be an article or a checklist or a guest speaker, gain credibility, gain authority just by being the moderator. So I don't want anybody to think they have to write all these articles or checklists themselves. Just by being the moderator and the guy that, that aggregates the information, you can gain authority, don't you think? Oh, yeah. And, and I want to, I mean, I want to commend you because you do that very well. Uh, um, in fact, you 90% of your posts that I see, you're, you're 
using third-party authority. There's no better way, I mean, to create, I mean, you know, some level of trust is, is hey, I, I, you know, I found this article, made me think of you, and you forward that to them. That's, that's a great way to create trust, especially if you don't want to create your own, um, that's, I think, your, your own content. A lot of people have, they don't think they're qualified to create content. And everybody has content. It, it's just a lot of people are not writers. So, sometimes it's easier to talk on a video or audio. Those, those are ways of creating content. But I believe that everybody is an expert in some area. Oh, absolutely. All these technicians we talked about are really good at what they do. And they probably know so many things inside their own head. You're exactly right. If they could just talk or have somebody interview them and pull it out right? What are the three biggest things that I should worry about for my HVAC? What are the three things I need to know if I'm an owner of a building, you know, Mr. Electrician, right? These guys know this stuff like the back of their hands because they're really good technicians. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and Matt, there's an old expression, if somebody likes you, they'll listen to you. If they listen to you, they will believe you. If they believe you, they'll trust you. And if they trust you, they might buy from you. But they've got to start with liking you. And, um, whatever content you're creating, that's where the liking begins. And, and whether it's your content or somebody else's, by you providing something and saying, hey, I think, I'm, I was thinking of you, look at this. Um, and you, don't, you can sometimes just post on social media to a larger group of people, but they're like, man, I like the stuff Matt puts out. Right, um, right. They're just building authority by aggregating other people's information. And like you said, talking about what you know. And it's what we do here. I mean, it, we, you know, we're, we're creating content for uh, people that are trying to improve their business, trying to make their lives better. And um, there's, a, there's an audience for this, and there's a lot of clutter. And the difference between us and maybe a lot of these gurus, there's a lot of gurus who haven't even been in business two years. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. Right, right, right. You know, they've never grossed a million dollars in sales. They've never grossed five million in sales. They've never, and not everybody, you know, I say never grossed, um, you know, well, in some businesses, if you were grossing a million in sales, that would be like a million in revenue. I mean, you know, a million in profit. Now, it might be gross profit, but um, some businesses are all profit. You know, they can be uh, solopreneurs. And so, but a lot of these people really have never had a brick and mortar. They've never had, uh, and that's okay. I mean, a lot of people don't need a brick and mortar, but um, a lot of the people we deal with do, they've got a brick and mortar business and we try to help them get that, those businesses more profitable as quick as possible. Right. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. So this is, we're talking about messaging is what I have another note here that just talks about messaging, right? So, so when you know your target market, know and understand their message, you'll end up, you'll end up, speaking their language, which is the good copywriting you're talking about, which, which I wrote down here, your messaging. You, you got to be able to, a lot of times it's just saying the right thing the right way because it resonates with somebody, right? And I've used this analogy before. It's like I'm a golf nut, right? So it might be that a certain golf coach resonates with me better than another golf coach, right? That's messaging. It might be the exact same tip that I saw back in August, but I didn't need it then. So now I need it. So the messaging is the right timing, right? Um, so the messaging is you're speaking my language at the right time. Probably a combo of the two. Wouldn't Absolutely. You agree? Yeah, and a lot of times they hear your message, but if the timing's wrong, 
doesn't matter what your message is. It's the timing's wrong. Right. But that, that leads to the fact that I was talking about, like, that's the importance of follow-up and, and, and drip campaigns and newsletters and staying in touch. Because just because somebody's not interested today doesn't mean they're not interested six months from now. Doesn't mean they're not interested one month from now, right? Yes. And, and man, it's funny. I, I know of a, of a very prominent figure. I'm talking on the, um, on the business coaching side of, of things. Um, and he makes probably net income in the million a year range. Net. Right. So he's a, he's a you know, seven figure a year guy. Right. His drip campaigns are awful. So <laughs> really? Really? I, I can honestly say I have bought his products and multiple times. And after about a week to two weeks, you never get another email from him. So even people, <laughs> even some of the best, they do the lead generation so well, right. but if you don't go back to the same well, um, you're, you're leaving so much money on the table. And I know that's not where we were going with this call, but man, this, is, this guy could probably triple his income if he, could, he would just take the time to write out you know, 52 emails and set those up and, and do that once a year because after about three years, then he'd have three years worth of emails that talk to his prospects over and over and over again until they buy, fly, or die. That's, that's, the, that's the phrase <laughs> See, when it comes to email. Yeah, this is literally the conversation we had at lunch today with this, with this financial advisor guy, which I was talking about that. I was saying, look, with your existing clients, you can script out. We were doing every two weeks is what he told me. So you could script out 26 emails and have them set up today to go out for the next year. And then he gets referrals from CPAs and lawyers, we call those centers of influence, said the exact same thing. He could script out 52 emails to go out, I'm sorry, 26 emails to go out to those guys today yeah. and automate it, right? And we got into that, which was, then it goes back into, uh, and that's the follow-up, that's the after, that's the scaling part of it, just like you were just talking about, your, your guru guy. And then it goes back to, he's like, well, what am I gonna say to those centers of influence to those existing clients. And it goes back to what I was just telling you about. It can be content that you already created. It could be somebody else's content, right? He, he works for a bigger firm that has all kinds of content. I said, we can go back and see what they've published over the last three years and use those articles. They, his, his firm is pretty big. They publish in a national magazine once a month. I'm like, well, there's 36 monthly articles that your company has written. So you just regurgitate those 36 articles, just pick, you know, half of them, right? And send oh, yeah. out an email every two weeks saying, hey, we, you know, we did this article a couple months ago, a couple years ago, thought of you, there's your drip. Set it up 26 every two weeks automatically. It's funny because I had the same conversation with one of my clients, same thing. What do I possibly write about? And I said, no, he was in the electrical business. And I said, how many problems can you name that are associated with, with electricity, electrical, you know, how many problems can you come up with? And he said, I don't know. And he said, top of my head, I could probably come up with 20, 25. I'm like, well, start, <laughs> 25 emails. start with the problem and um, lay out a, you know, almost like an attorney, lay out a, a scenario. Here's the problem. Here's why it matters to you. Here's what you can do about it. 
and here's how your life will be better if you do something about it, and here's what could really bad happen if you don't do something about it, and then here is, and then you got to give a call to action, you know, um, call me, call our people, whatever, you know, and, and but the whole concept there is, I, I like to say, start with your client's problems, and so what do you want to, what do you want to come up with in terms of content? Well, write a list of as many problems as you can think of in your business and or as many ways that your business like man you you take wealthy individuals and you help make sure that they're going to have money later in life okay right. so technically indirectly and directly you are helping people make their life better well so what are the problems well if you invest with Morgan Stanley and the market crashes and they turn out to be a bunch of crooks and they lose all your money, then you realize, oh, well, I guess they couldn't tell. Um, they knew the market was getting, but if they all pulled out of one side of their company, then that side of the company would crash and make the company look bad. So we all had to stay in it all. And so no, no. See, I would say, well, I, that's a great example. In my business, I tell you, you've hired me to do six different things. You don't hire me to do investments. You don't hire me to do, you hire me to do six things. The investments is what you're talking about. I'm investing in stocks and bonds, but you're also hiring me for financial planning. How are we going to get you to reach from where you are today to where you want to be? You also hire me for insurance planning. How much insurance do you need? Do you have too much? Do you have too little? Are your gaps covered? Right. You hire yourself, uh, hire me for um, tax planning. Uh, everybody should pay their fair share, but not a penny more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what do we say, insurance? Oh, estate planning, legacy planning. What do you want to have happen when you pass on? You're going to leave this uh, estate to your family, to your kids. You're going to leave the business. Who are you going to do it? You're going to sell it. And then that leads to number six, which is business planning. So instead of just going niche in the, in the investment world, I tell people, you're actually paying me for six different things. So I could write on six different topics. And inside those six topics are a million different subcategories, right? So you could have the exact same thing with a with an electrician who's commercial, right? And I think you gave this example one time that was the, you know, uh, fire hazards for owning a commercial building. Wasn't that one that you get you gave as an example in one of our other podcasts? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there there are there are a lot of examples. Yeah. Uh, I watched uh, I because a lot of my feed, which you probably don't see because LinkedIn is just that way. I mean, <laughs> I see all the because uh, so many of my connections are contractors, electrical contractors, man, I see accidents. They post accident videos really? all the time. And I'm like, you know, there's content right there. I'm like, yeah, there's, there's content. This is why you don't want your employees doing this. This is why you don't, I mean, this is why you need a licensed contractor with insurance and proper safety equipment. And, and I mean, you could go on and on and on, but um, if you just sent me like that, you were just talking about earlier, if I'm a customer or a prospect of yours and say, Hey, I want to show you a video um, of a, this is an employee at a X, let's say at a manufacturing company in, and he's a do it yourself maintenance person. And I want to show you what happens. And it's this guy on a ladder and he gets zapped. And while he's getting zapped, the other guy pulls the ladder out to save him. And I think the fall probably did worse for the guy. <laughs> that right, 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 right. The point is, boy, there's, there's a whole content video right there. And that would, you know, if I had a big manufacturing company, I would be like, yeah, you're probably right. I probably shouldn't have my maintenance guy out there doing the work. 
<laughs> All right, he's the supervisor. We're going to subcontract contract it out to a professional. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's the point is that's the content. Create content based in problems or how you make your customer's life better. If you focus on those two things, the easiest way to create content today is likely just pulling out your start smartphone and talking to it. Um, and then I like a program called Rev. So if you want to talk about my tip of the day, rev.com does excellent transcription at about a buck a minute. It is a dollar a minute and they come back pretty quick. So you can send them about a, uh, a 30 minute video and have it transcribed. It's back to you in three, four hours. So that's pretty solid without having to do a lot of proofreading. It's pretty good. A lot of the ums and ahs they take out, they actually have somebody sitting there typing. It's not automated software. So uh, that would be a tip of the day if you ever want to uh, create content without writing it, but you want to get it into print, take your phone, talk to your phone, send it off to Rev. I don't get paid by Rev, but maybe we should get a link. <laughs> I love Rev. I, I think it's awesome. That's what I don't like to write either. I like to talk. So you're exactly, that's a service I use as well. Yeah. So. Got to get an affiliate link. We got to get an affiliate market. I think we should. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So let's summarize here. We talked about um, a lot of our guys are really good at delivering their product doing their job really, really well. What they really need is a good way to attract, to generate leads and convert leads. And what they really need is really good follow-up. We got into building authority is a good way to attract people. And we talked about um, building authority, explaining about problems, giving examples. You, you said you could talk it. You could use rev.com to record it. You could use videos. I talked about being a curator of other people's information, interesting articles, interesting checklists that you can use. Again, because a lot of times you get credit just for being the moderator. All right, so where are we going to find you this week? Well, Matt, um, easiest place to find me is at davidmulvaney.com. I post uh, four to five, four to six times a week. Um, and I also do a uh, typically a Thursday uh, at 4 p.m. Eastern time. I do a, um, a webinar and you can find out information just by going to davidmulvaney.com. Read on, if you read anything on the blog, you'll see uh, a link there that you can sign up for any of the webinars that I do as well. Perfect. All right. And I'm at uh, 10xprofitblueprint.com. And then of course you can find me, Matt Hudgens at LinkedIn as well. All right, man. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it, Matt. We'll talk soon. <laughs>